This is Gabrielle Arie Sanders, and I'm really glad to have you with me as we take a few more steps along the pathway of the Jewish journey. Now, if you grew up in the 60s or the 70s or even the 80s, I think you'll surely recognize the famous introduction to the theme from Star Trek, the incredibly popular science fiction series produced by Gene Roddenberry. The series and its several sequels has had a huge impact on popular culture around the world. One of the notions it's etched in the modern mind is that our ultimate fulfillment, our actualization as individuals and humanity, is out there. If we could just explore the final frontier out there, we'll become so much greater than we are right now. And I'd like to challenge that notion a bit today. While Jews and Judaism have certainly been no strangers to new frontiers and wanderings and adjustments to new environments, the final frontier for us is not out there, but it's in here, it's within. The pathway to understanding the divine starts with understanding ourselves, our unique composition. We're made in the image of God. And... There are responsibilities that come along with conquering our inner space, and there are dangers of unrestrained human will run amok if the inner space conquers us. So I thought we'd share a few thoughts on the human soul and the inner struggle that we all have between good and evil. I mentioned this a few steps back on the Jewish journey when I talked about the name that I took in becoming a Torah Jew, Gavriel Aryeh ben Avraham. The ben Avraham part is common to every male convert, as each one enters into the Abrahamic covenant through the rite of circumcision. The names Gavriel and Arieh are representative of the nature and the struggle of each of us. Gavriel, of course, is the Hebrew name of the angel Gabriel, and represents the spiritual force within us that strives upward, that aspires for holiness, that seeks to connect with the divine source. Arieh is the Hebrew word for a lion. If you know someone named Ari, that's a shortened form of the same name. If you know a woman named Ariella, that's also related to it. The Aryeh, the lion, represents the animalistic aspect of the human being, the natural drives, the biological urges, the materialistic orientation. So, as I said previously, I chose a Hebrew name that was reflective of this inner struggle. And to understand and appreciate the tension between these forces is to really gain insight into how to conquer the vast and treasure-laden realm of our inner space. In that sense, you and everyone else you know is a Gabriel Aryeh. This last year, I came across a study on this subject that is a mind-blower. I'd like to share a few concepts from it with you, and let me give you the reference in case you'd like to get it for yourself. It's from a book called In His Own Image. It was written by Rabbi Naftali Wiesner of Blessed Memory back in 1992, and it was published by Arts Girl Masara Publications. I think it's a profound work. It's a map, really, on the landscape of our souls. And I think at this point, it's only available in paperback, but I know they have copies of it. Let's hear some of Rabbi Wiesner's thoughts. In his introduction, he opens by saying, The only creation in which the eternal and transitory meet is in the human being. The neshama, the soul, inherently a godly entity from on high, dwells in a body whose origin and destination is dust. So how can the eternal and the temporal coexist in one domain? This is the unique dilemma of man. And the solution? That's what human existence is all about. This study is dedicated to unraveling the mystery of human existence. The work considers explicit statements that we find in the scriptures, but it's primarily based on the teachings of the sages and the subsequent generations of Torah giants. All these sources add up to a consistent, all-encompassing view of the human being. So let's go a little further into the concept of how the transitory and the eternal coexist inside the human being. Rabbi Wiesner says, The central problem of man's existence is not that he exists in two opposite dimensions. The one definition is his physical being, which is part of the transitory world of time and space, 
and the other is defined by his spiritual being, which is part of God above. You'll find that mentioned in Job 31 too. So there's an eternal and infinite aspect that dwells inside mankind as well. Rabbi Wiesner says, rather, the central problem of a man's existence is that he exists in both of these dimensions simultaneously. So man is described as a composite of body and soul. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we read, And God Almighty formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed in his nostrils a living soul, and man became a living being. The departure of the soul from the human body is the end of human existence. So it follows that the soul itself is the life force of a person, or the element that enlivens the body. We have several verses that state this very clearly. In Genesis 35:18, telling of the death of Rachel, or Rachel, the Torah says, And with the departing of her soul, she died. When Elijah the prophet saw the strong influence of the wicked Jezebel, despite his triumph on Mount Carmel, the disappointed prophet wanted to die. And he prayed, and he said in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, Take my soul. In the same way, when life was no longer desirable to the prophet Jonah, he asked God, Take my soul from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. So the soul is the principle of life, and when it departs from the body, the person dies. There's a contrast to this, of course. The physical body is described as being composed of inanimate matter. The Torah states in Genesis 3.19, For you are dust, and to the dust you will return. Ecclesiastes 12.7 picks up on this theme. It says, The dust returns to the earth as it was. And the verse continues in Ecclesiastes, referring to the soul, and says, And the soul returns to the Almighty who gave it. The dust returns to the earth as it was, and the soul returns to the Almighty who gave it. Psalm 104, verse 29 states, You gather in their souls, they perish and return to the dust. Job 34, verses 14 and 15, If he gathers unto himself man's soul, all flesh will perish together, and man will return to dust. There are some other verses as well that confirm the view that man is composed of body and soul, the latter being the life-giving element. So to sum up this thought, the soul and the body are two distinct realms. The soul is part of God above, and the body is composed of inanimate matter. So while the soul is in the body, it gives life. When the eternal soul leaves the body, the latter disintegrates and returns to dust. However, the soul, which is not a material substance, nor of a physical nature, is not composed of parts, and it's not subject to disintegration. This view, which has its roots in Genesis, was generally accepted since the earliest period of history. So, psychology throughout the ages was true to the literary meaning of its name, a discipline devoted to the understanding of the human soul. Modern psychology, however, limits its role largely to the realm of the interaction of mind and body, and there are ideological reasons behind this. To recognize the existence of a soul, to acknowledge some spiritual element that sustains life in man and which doesn't perish with the body, well, that would have far-reaching consequences and would lead to conclusions that modern society isn't really willing to draw down on right now. In thinking about our visit this week on this subject, I've come to a really radical thought, at least for me. Here it is. I can't comprehend God and his purpose for me until I understand myself and the nature of my being. Let's put this in very simple terms. Since we just concluded Hanukkah this week with a great deal of discussion on the worldview of the ancient Greeks versus the worldview of the Jews at the time. The Greeks were physically oriented. They would define themselves as a body with a soul. The ancient Jewish view of self is a soul with a body. And the distinction between these two worldviews is huge. The Greeks viewed and lived life completely from their animal appetites. They let the beast run wild. The ancient Hebrew wisdom is not that we should kill the beast within. That would be a kind of asceticism. Rather, we tame it. Part of the morning prayer of every Torah Jew is the phrase, 
We ask God to subdue our inclination to be subservient to Him. So, to sum all this up, I'm an eternal being in a temporal body. What's happening in me is really the breath of God in an animated mud pie, since our carbon-based physical bodies come from the ground and contain such a great deal of liquid. Another good analogy is when we're in a car. The car is the vehicle to get us from here to there in time and space. As the driver, I'm in the car until the journey is over. That's like my soul in the body. I'm responsible to drive safely, even in those moments when another driver's driving might tempt me toward a, I don't know, an action of road rage. And I'm on a journey. God put me in it. God will take me out. Between those two points, I'm responsible to take care of both my physical vehicle and my interactions with other drivers along the way. So one of the great mysteries of my and your existence is that eternity and temporality coexist inside of us. That's what Rabbi Wiesner tells us. While this can create great tension, it ultimately affords us great opportunity. The energy of the struggle is the fuel that takes us deep into the inner space to explore and then delight in the ultimate frontier that's waiting to be discovered just behind our own eyes. So, next time on The Jewish Journey, let's talk about the divine descent of the human soul into the body and why. And if you missed the reference to the book I mentioned earlier, the one that goes into much greater depth on this subject, it's called In His Own Image. It was written by Rabbi Naftali Wiesner, and it's available through artscroll.com. So, till next time on The Jewish Journey, this is Gabriel Arie Sanders, your host, asking God to grant that your deeds be blessed, that your thoughts be unstressed, that you pass every test and just forget all the rest. Bye for now.